listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Tia Brown, the seasoned journalist with the, and mental health expert. She currently serves as a senior lifestyle producer at Interactive One and as a correspondent for the Dr. Oz Show. We welcome her back to ESPN New York Tonight. Hi, Tia. How are Thank you? you. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's good to talk to you. I wish we were talking to you other, under different circumstances, but I'm glad you could join us uh, this evening. Tia, we're, we've been through, I mean, we're going through something that is we haven't had before mentally, physically, from our experiences. I mean, we, we've been home uh, with family members uh, for 37 <laughs> days. And, yeah. you know, while it's it's a it's a positive because we're among family, you know, we're used to having our own personal space. We're used to moving around. We're used to having something different. What effect can that have on us mentally to not be able to, you know, step outside and, and have a moment to ourselves? It can definitely be an extreme stressor. I think we take for granted um, how much simple things like running to the grocery store or you know, taking a drive or going to the movies or going to the mall or, or whatever you do as a ritual that helps you unwind and socialize, how much that helps us really um, decompress and kind of re-energize ourselves to interact with our loved ones and just to manage the normal stress that we have um, during our lives. So in, the t- in a time of crisis, and we need to be clear, like we are in a prolonged crisis, being robbed of the ability to decompress is a challenge. And I think it's really important for people to, number one, accept that, you know, not when you're in stressful times, when you're in crisis, that you're going to have to deal with constant anxiety. And um, number two, there's nothing you can do about the surrounding situation. So the only thing you can really do is learn how to manage your own anxiety and learn how you can decompress given the resources that you have. And then fear of the unknown, because we love consistency in a way, but we don't know how this is going to turn out in the end. There's going to be a, quote, new normal, unquote, and we're kind of not sure what that's going to be like. Right. So I love that you brought up the fear of the unknown. I think a great way to reframe that is that we do know our new normal will be at least this, right, where we are confined to our homes in a way that we haven't been historically. So if we start planning our new normal around this, which was, which is right now at eight or level 10, uh, I think that it's easier to kind of um, manage things as they get looser. Right. So if we keep thinking like, I can't wait till until things get exactly back to how they used to be, we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment. But if we get in the habit of creating our new normal now, like what is my ritual going to be in the house? You know, and what is my ritual going to be in terms of how I get outside and how I relax and how I unwind, given the confines that we have? That is a better way to approach this long-term time of uncertainty, just dealing with the certainty that we have, right? Tia, this is Gordon. Um, you know, it feels like the word of the, the month has been anxiety. Everybody you talk to is talking about their anxiety. And that makes sense, right? It's a, it's a stressful time, as you said. How do you know when your anxiety is becoming excessive? What would what would you say was the, the warning signs for people who everybody's dealing with it, but where is it where mm-hmm. maybe it's starting to cross a line? I think the way you realize that you're having maladaptive coping mechanisms is that you no longer feel good, right? And that 
a really big blanket statement, but we know when we feel good or not, right? So if you are doing things like maybe overeating or indulging and drinking, you know, everyone's talking about how much wine and beer in the liquor stores, like <laughs> at least in New York, are still open. When you're doing things that we know are maladaptive coping mechanisms, you know that you don't feel good. You know, when you're arguing with people more often, when you're watching TV more often, when you're not uh, motivated to even go take a walk around and do the things that you can do, you know that your anxiety is starting to overwhelm. Those are, are symptoms that we don't pay attention to. There are other bigger symptoms, right, uh, symptoms, rather. You know, sometimes people literally, you know, a lot of people aren't working, but there are a lot of people working from home, and they can't focus, right? And it's not just because they're kids. They can't focus because they're anxious. They can't focus because they're scared and they're not putting a name to it. So if you are unable to perform the things that you have to do in a normal way, if you are engaging in habits that you know aren't healthy, that's how you know that anxiety is getting to you. It doesn't have to look like a full breakdown. The whole thing is that you want to stop it before you get to that point. And you want to start thinking of the things you can do, the things you, the things you can control to make sure that you minimize that anxiety by addressing it. You can't run from it because we're all anxious. I'm anxious. I'm sure you guys are anxious. This is a crazy time. And so it's okay to feel anxious. The thing is that you can't sit in it. You have to decide how you're going to be proactive and get around it. So, like, for me, uh, I live in New York City, and, you know, this is kind of like, a, you know, a, a big a big um, ground zero in many ways for the way uh, people are trans, um, transacting and exchanging the germs and viruses. So I've been very anxious and mindful about going out. So what I had to do is figure out what's a comfortable way for me to go out and get some exercise and get some fresh air. What are the comfortable ways for me to go to the grocery store? What's the comfortable way for me to, in a safe way, interact with my friends and loved ones to make sure that I don't let anxiety get the best of me? And that's the same thing I'm encouraging my clients to do. The same thing we're talking about on our different outlets for interactive ones figuring out healthy ways to let go of some of this anxiety. Licensed therapist Tia Brown is our guest. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Tia, we all always hear, we always say that kids are durable, right? They, <laughs> they, can, they can handle just about anything. I mean, we're really putting them to the test, right? We're changing their ritual. We're teaching them from home. I mean, Gordon is now a, a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> My kids have already said they can't wait to have a new teacher next year. They don't want me anymore. <laughs> you know, next he's year, next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's teaching and, and parents are teaching at home. Uh, kids are learning via the computer. They're not going around. They're not, they don't, they're not around their friends. And, you know, Tia, how do you, how do you explain this to them in a way that, you know, obviously being honest, but how do you explain this to them in a way that they understand it and not are fearful? of the situation right. that we're going through? Well, it is a scary thing. So we can't expect to explain it in a way that's not totally fearful, that's unrealistic, and that's too much pressure to put on parents. It's okay, right? But you want to do a, an age-appropriate level of explanation and also conversation around your kids. The first thing I really remind parents is that, you know, when you are in the midst of a crisis, which, again, we're in, certain things don't matter. So under normal circumstances, when we want kids to have, you know, four to six hours of, of education time, that's not necessarily a priority when you really want to preserve uh, the mental health of your children and making the home a happy place. 
So I think, number one, relinquishing parents from uh, the, the idea that they have to keep up with a curriculum in a way that is competitive um, as if you weren't un- under crisis. That's number one. Number two is really think about not only your kid's age, but who else they interact with when you're thinking about the level of explanation you have to give them. Here's why. If you have a child who's maybe six or seven, but then they have a 10 or 12 or 13-year-old sibling in the house, you can't give them the watered-down version of what's going on because what's going to happen? The older kids are going to say things and it's going to increase anxiety. So I think it's best when you have multiple children in the house to kind of have uh, level-setting conversations that make everyone kind of feel comfortable with realistic truth, but understanding also that kids can't always, um, they don't have the ability to process long-term thinking. So I would never tell children that you're going to have to be in the house until June or July, right? You want to take it in shorter periods of time, let them know that we are dealing with a special, um, a special case, and, and that week by week as family, we are doing everything that we have to do to make sure that we're healthy and to make sure other people are healthy. And one thing that's also really awesome about kids is that they have such a loving spirit and reminding them that doing these things isn't just for their health and the family's health, but for the health of other people, you know, that's a great motivator for children. How about uh, the information flow and controlling it to you? I, I, you know, everybody has to watch the news. You want to watch the news. But, again, it's like a balancing act, right? Like how much, how much do you need and how much is too much? I think you really have to determine what causes you to feel informed versus what causes you to have increased anxiety, right? So if you watch even an hour of the news, if you're going to have some level of anxiety, if you're watching it for eight hours or if it's just on in the background, you know, it's going to cause your anxiety level to increase. One of the great things about news is that everybody's kind of sharing the same information and you realize that after key nuggets are released, it kind of just loops. So if you're a person who feels more powerful being informed, I say watch the key nuggets, you know, maybe the 30-minute segment, the hour segment, whenever the president or, or your mayor or your governor is going live to get the key pieces, and then turn it off and watch things that are going to make you smile. You know, watch things that are going to make you laugh. Watch things that you can enjoy with the family. You know, it's a great time to, to pick movies that you normally wouldn't watch together and really bond and laugh over those. Same things with series. You know, they have a lot of, you know, throwback series that normally, you know, the kids are in different places. You and your spouse or your partners are in different spaces, and everybody's in their own zone. Doing it together is a great way to, to kind of alleviate stress and to stay connected and to keep spirits up. Licensed therapist Tia Brown. Thanks for stopping by, giving us just uh, just a couple of minutes of uh, your thoughts. You know, uh, she'll be my guest on uh, New York Sports and Beyond this Sunday, so we'll have a, a lot of time to go into some whole other things. But, Tia, we just needed a, a quick a quick session with you because, quite frankly, we're going crazy. <laughs> we, we are. Thank you guys so much for having me. And just remember that this will be a look in, in history at some point, right? Like, we have gone through unfortunately, different tragedies as a nation, and we've all gone through tragedies in our personal lives, and we know that when we're going through it, it's horrible. But there is another side, and we will get to that other side. So our goal is to be as healthy and happy as we can as we're going through it, and that needs to be everyone's priority. How do you maintain your mental health and happiness? Choose yourself first. 
You're absolutely right. And you can uh, follow Tia on Twitter at Tia Brown Talks. Tia, once again, thanks for a couple of minutes. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. All right, thanks, too. Tia. 1-800-919-3776. couple of things, Gordon, uh, before we go to break. We have our Twitter poll question up at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What's the one game in sports history you wish you were in attendance for? What's the one game in sports history you wish you were in attendance for? You can answer us on Twitter. You can also call us at 1-800-919-3776. Also want to get your thoughts on baseball's grand plan. Uh, Gordon and I are very underwhelmed <laughs> by this plan right now. <laughs> You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.